Support for this podcast and the following message come from Zoom. Zoom is used by millions to connect face-to-face, across town or around the world. Zoom ties together all of your unified communication tools into one easy platform. For video conferencing, phone calls, group chat, webinars, and conference rooms, Zoom is how business gets done. Visit Zoom online to set up your free account today. Meet happy with Zoom. You're listening to the BBC World Service Space Podcast. We're going to tell you how to live, work, play and fight at the final frontier, as well as saluting some of history's space pioneers. Happy listening! Space. Vast, magnificent, silent. Well, maybe not so silent... If you close your eyes and listen with the right equipment, there's a lot to hear. I'm Dr Lucy Green and over the next two episodes of Discovery from BBC World Service, I'll be taking you on a sonic journey across the universe, a trip through space and sound. You can have sounds in space because space is not actually totally devoid of gas and what sound is is it's a sort of ripple coming through gas or in our case air and then it's picked up by your ear and so you hear a sound so because space isn't actually a perfect vacuum there's absolutely no reason why there can't be sounds made in space some of the sounds that we hear are really sounds and some of them that we hear are actually what are called sonifications where we take data it could be radio observations of space or x-ray observations of things in space and then you take that information and you transform it into a sound. Listening to the universe has inspired and informed scientists, artists and musicians. Over the next half an hour, all the noises and music you'll hear have come from our exploration of space. Some have been recorded by microphones on board interplanetary spacecraft. Others have been detected by telescopes and sped up until their frequency is tuned to our ears. The rest are sonified X-rays, space plasma or radio waves that reveal tantalising secrets about the universe that our eyes can't see. Our journey begins at the heart of our cosmic neighbourhood, with the nuclear powerhouse that lies at the centre of our solar system. So this is the sound of the sun vibrating. Radio astronomer Tim O'Brien from Jodrell Bank. In this case, we've actually had to speed up those sound waves by a massive factor. They're actually speeded up by a factor of 42,000 in this case because the real sound waves will be very low frequency, so very, very deep notes, way below the, the limit of human hearing. And you can sort of understand that in the sense that the sun is a very large object So just like the very large organ pipes on a church organ play a very deep note, the sun far, far bigger than that, of course, and therefore a much, much deeper note. So in order to hear that, we speeded the whole thing up to hear those, the wobbling of the sun, basically, which is quite quite an incredible thing to think about. As a solar scientist, I use these sounds to explore a place that can never be seen, the interior of the sun. As the sounds travel through our star, they pick up information about the temperature, 
and motion of the gas inside. This technique is called helioseismology. Now, this is just one single vibration inside the sun, one mode as we call it. But this is what we hear when we listen to several modes together. There's perhaps millions of different notes that are going on in the sun, millions of different waves that are all oscillating in different ways, vibrating the sun in different directions. So you can choose to sort of isolate one of these particular modes or you can choose to play all these modes together. It's like having a massive sort of uh, carillon of church bells that you ring simultaneously, if you can imagine that as the whole sun ringing in all these different ways. It's not just scientists who've been captivated by these solar bells. Artists have also been using these sounds to reveal the beauty and power of our nearest star. What we're listening to here is a piece by an artist called Caroline Devine called Five Minute Oscillations of the Sun. Honor Harja, Executive Director of the Art Science Museum in Singapore. What Caroline's done here is work with scientists from the Birmingham Solar Oscillations Network, or BISON, who use helioseismology to to study the sun. And she's taken this data and used it to create these sustained tones. And this gives us a way of being able to experience the sun as music. Flowing out from the sun's million-degree atmosphere is a supersonic solar wind. This gusty gale blows out into space, where it envelops the tiny, barren world of Mercury. A year on this strange grey planet lasts just 88 Earth days as it races around the sun. But yet during a year, there is only enough time for one and a half days because Mercury spins at such a leisurely pace around its axis. This sound has been created for measurements taken by NASA's Messenger spacecraft. Here, the solar wind creates waves in Mercury's magnetic field, like wind blowing over the ocean. If you listen closely, you can almost hear the magnetic ripples. One of the surprising things is that Mercury has a magnetic field at all. Cosmologist Andrew Ponson from University College London. In fact, until the 1970s, it was thought that Mercury probably didn't have a magnetic field because as far as we know, magnetic fields like the one on Earth are generated by liquid cores within the planets. And people thought with Mercury being a very small planet that it would no longer have a liquid core that would have cooled down and solidified. But it turns out it does have a magnetic field. It's, it's very weak. And now we think it's probably got some sort of sulphur-iron alloy in the core. The melting point of that would be lower, and that means it can stay liquid even though mercury has been cooling down. Onwards now to a more familiar place, the blue planet that we call home. 
Every day we hear Earth's rich soundscape from the ground, but we can use spacecraft to listen in a new way and discover the invisible world above us. The Earth is unique in the solar system because it's teeming with life. Around 9 million species of plants and animals cover the globe. Protecting us from the ravages of space is a vast magnetic bubble, the magnetosphere. Without it, the solar wind would strip away our atmosphere, which is so vital for life. As the wind hits this invisible shield, it creates what's known as a bow shock. If you can imagine the Earth has a magnetic field like a sort of bar magnet, so it has a north pole and a south pole, the magnetic field lines arc around, much like if you ever did an experiment at school with iron filings and a magnet, you might remember this sort of pattern. The sun is blowing out these charged particles, they hit the Earth, and there's a shock wave where the the solar wind particles, happily streaming away from the sun, suddenly realise they're about to whack into something, which is this Earth's magnetic field structure, and they're both deflected to one side and they're slowed down. In effect, that protects the Earth from being directly impacted by this solar wind. So that makes this bow shock much like a sort of... It's like a sonic boom of an aircraft that's travelling faster than the speed of sound. This magnetic shield keeps out most of the solar wind particles, but some leak in and they become trapped in bands around the Earth called the Van Allen radiation belts. It's from these regions that we begin to hear a strange cosmic chirping, a song that's known as the Earth's Chorus. It's named the Chorus because it sounds sounds a bit like the Dawn Chorus, that's the idea. We have this sort of belt around the Earth where these particles, the electrons in particular tiny negatively charged particles spiral around they produce these radio waves exactly the same way that you know listening to the radio now those radio waves are transmitted to your aerial by electrons being accelerated in a transmitter vibrated backwards and forwards and that produces a radio wave that radio wave travels across space through the atmosphere at the speed of light and then it gets to your aerial and we can turn them into a sound Around the Earth's magnetic poles, we find electrically charged particles funnelling down into our atmosphere to create beautiful aurorae, the northern and southern lights. But these particles that create such wonderful sights and sounds have a darker side. During geomagnetic storms, this shower of electrical particles becomes a torrential downpour, and this wild space weather can devastate satellites, communication networks, and even knock out power grids back down on the ground. So we're listening here to an artwork called Black Rain by the artist Semiconductor, and they've worked with data from a pair of satellites called the Stereo Satellites. The stereo mission was launched as an early warning mechanism to help better protect the Earth from space weather. And what that means is that it really has to 
analyse and explore and understand the activity coming from the sun, such as the solar wind, coronal mass ejections and solar flares. These are all the phenomena which cause what we refer to as space weather. So working with the scientists and the stereo satellites, the artists have taken the solar phenomena and they've turned it into both beautiful visuals and also the sound. now to a new frontier, recently explored. Inside the asteroid belt, the scrapyard of space, littered with planetary leftovers, we find a passing visitor from far away. The famous singing comet, visited by the Rosetta spacecraft last year and sonified by German sound designer Manuel Senft. The sound you're hearing reveals unexpected oscillations in the magnetic field around the comet, a field that's around a million times weaker than a fridge magnet. This cosmic music, released by ESA, the European Space Agency, has been listened to online over five million times by people across the Earth. When I heard that sound, I nearly fell off my chair. I was so excited. It doesn't sound like any other phenomena that I've heard in all my years of listening to space. We understand, of course, you know, what we're listening to. It's a sonification of various electromagnetic phenomena surrounding the comet. But this precise pattern of sounds that we're hearing just doesn't sound like anything else. You know, experiencing new science through sound in this way is terrifically exciting. The actual meaning of this sound that we're listening to is a bit obscure at the moment. We're waiting for scientific papers to come out to explain actually what's inside that data, but it seems that we're listening to some kind of anomaly, something that wasn't really expected about the magnetic field around the comet. Fascinating to listen to, but still too early to know everything that this particular sound will reveal. Meanwhile, let's venture further out beyond the rocky asteroid belt. As the solar wind buffets up against an incredibly powerful force field, we know we're approaching something immense. Jupiter, king of the gods in Roman mythology and a gas giant so large that all the other planets and moons in the solar system could be hidden inside it. Violent storms dominate this planet, such as the Great Red Spot, a swirling vortex bigger than the whole of planet Earth, which has been raging for over 400 years. Telltale signs of these storms were captured by Voyager 1 when it was still over 8 million miles away from Jupiter. So these are whistlers in the atmosphere of Jupiter. There's actually whistlers in the atmosphere of the Earth as well, which is where they were first detected, and it shows you that the same sort of physical processes happen in the atmosphere around the Earth. You hear them sort of happen, multiple different ones of these things happen at different times. They're each kicked off by lightning strikes in the atmosphere. So, of course, we get lightning here on the Earth, and they produce these whistlers here on Earth, but there's also lightning happening in the atmosphere of Jupiter and that energy that's created in the lightning strike 
kicks off these waves that then whip through the magnetic field of the Jovi and the Jupiter atmosphere, and that's what we can hear in those sounds. Whilst we're in Jupiter's neighbourhood, I can't resist taking you on a quick detour to its icy moon, Europa. It's a world of secrets, with a thick, frozen crust hiding a liquid water ocean underneath. There are many mysteries on this distant moon still to be solved, with the tantalising possibility that Europa's deep seas could harbour life. Well, that rather wild-sounding whiplash effect is plasma waves which are occurring on the Jovian moon Europa. And these are detected by the radio wave and plasma receiver on board Galileo, which spent a huge amount of time looking at the, the moons of Jupiter and Jupiter itself. And the stunning data which was collected from that receiver was sent back down to Earth and made into these audible pieces by the team at the University of Iowa. One of the strange things about this moon is that it actually has an oxygen atmosphere. And that's unexpected because oxygen is quite fragile. And actually this sound helps us understand what sort of an atmosphere is there around Europa. And if we can understand that better, we begin to understand more about this really peculiar moon and whether perhaps there could be some kind of life underneath the surface. Sailing away from Jupiter and its 67 moons, we're now approaching the most majestic and beautiful of all the planets, Saturn. Unlike Jupiter's raging red storm, Saturn's pale yellow, gold and white bands gently curve around its equator. But this graceful beauty belies the wild climate underneath, with helium rain and thousand mile an hour winds. We're hopping on board the Cassini spacecraft now, which arrived in 2004. As the planet comes into view, we first catch a glimpse of Saturn's magnificent rings, like the grooves on a gigantic celestial record arching out into space. But although the rings appear thin and delicate from the Earth, it's a different story when you're speeding through at over 40,000 miles an hour. This is the sound of the Cassini spacecraft pirouetting through the rings of Saturn. And as we know, the rings of Saturn are made of ice particles. So that hailstorm effect that you hear on that sound is actually the particles of ice interacting with the antenna of Cassini. And each little plink of noise that you hear is the radio receiver picking up the noise of a little puff of smoke being made as a, a tiny, tiny particle from the rings hits the spacecraft and vaporises and makes this little blip. You can find out all sorts of things about the rings around Saturn just by listening to this sound. For instance, you can measure how loud each little plink of noise is, and, and that's telling you something about the amount of stuff that's hitting the spacecraft. And the calculation says that turns out to be about a tenth of a billionth of a gram. So in other words, there are all these 
tiny dust grains, about the size of a grain of pollen, hitting the spacecraft as it goes through the rings. As we emerge through the icy rings and see the long, thin bands of Saturn's bright clouds stretching out beneath us, we can tune our receiver into strange radio waves emanating from the planet below. They're actually coming from the regions around the aurora near the poles of the planet. So the aurora, you know, on the Earth we know those as the, the northern lights and the southern lights, the aurora borealis and the aurora australis. And they're caused when particles crash down into the lower parts of the Earth's atmosphere towards the north and south magnetic poles. These are the planets, like Saturn, also have magnetic fields in a similar way. These similar charged particles, perhaps originating in the in the sun, also get guided down towards the poles, and you get similar northern and southern lights on Saturn. Venturing out from Saturn's shimmering aurora, we come to its tiny moon Enceladus. It's a strange, cold world, with midday temperatures a chilly minus 200 degrees Celsius. The surface of Enceladus is littered with ice volcanoes that have been erupting for 100 million years. These plumes of icy particles gently float back down to the surface as snow, creating a never-ending winter. This sound, captured by the passing Cassini spacecraft, allows astronomers to investigate these volcanic geysers even further. From this recording, it's possible to identify that there are waves there associated with bits and pieces that make up water, essentially. And this is part of the evidence that tells us that Enceladus is spewing out water and ice that then forms part of the rings around Saturn which is an important piece of evidence because we actually still don't really understand in detail where Saturn's rings came from. It's just not agreed upon, and this isn't going to account for all of Saturn's rings, but it's nice to see some kind of concrete process that you can see, or in this case here, that is showing you some new rings being made. This is a piece called SKR, which stands for Saturn's Kilometric Radiation. And this is a composition that the group Radio Qualia, which I'm part of, created, which uses these recordings made from the Cassini spacecraft as it was studying Saturn. And in particular, we were really interested in the different types of sound that Cassini was observing, whether it was the electrical storms on the surface of Saturn or these extraordinary ice particle sounds. And using all of these samples together, we've kind of created our version of what radiation on Saturn might sound like. Finally, 
We end today's tour with a spectacular descent down to the surface of Saturn's largest moon and the most distant space landing ever made. Titan is one of the biggest moons in the solar system, larger than the planet Mercury. This hazy orange world was discovered in 1655 by an astronomer in the Netherlands called Christian Huygens. Later it became known as Saturn's ordinary satellite, but there's nothing ordinary about Titan at all. It's the only moon in our solar system that has a thick atmosphere and it's full of organic particles. It's more like a planet, and if it were closer to the warmth of the sun, Titan may even have beaten Earth in the race for life. This incredible sound is a real recording of the wind rushing past microphones on board ESA's Huygens probe, named after its Dutch discoverer. After hitching a ride with Cassini for seven years, it plunged down into the orange atmosphere to attempt the first ever landing in the outer solar system. With only three hours battery life to keep Huygens alive, the onboard radar mapped the craft's descent towards a region known as Xanadu. I was one of those scientists listening for that first signal ten years ago as we waited nervously in the operations centre in Darmstadt in Germany. So the Huygens landers got a drop onto the surface of Titan. And the sound you're hearing now is a radar instrument that's on Huygens. It's just sort of locking on at the moment. But what it's going to do is it's going to send blips of radio waves down to the surface and then catch the echoes. They come back up. Here we go. And the rate at which you hear the blips tells you how far away from the surface the lander is. This is the only way the scientists or the lander know how far away they are from the solid surface that they're reflecting these radio waves from. So you can hear how the pitch is going up, the distance is getting less and less. Must be nearly there now. And we're there. <laughs> That's the landing. When the lander actually hit the surface, rested there and started to take some amazing pictures of the surface of this alien world. A nail-biting journey that culminated in some incredible new discoveries, including dried-up riverbeds which may have been carved out by liquid methane, and all achieved with less battery life than the phone I have in my pocket. That's the end of today's sonic tour of the solar system. Thanks to our travel guides, Andrew Ponson from University College London, Honor Harja from the Art Science Museum in Singapore and Tim O'Brien from Jodrell Bank. Next week in Discovery from the BBC World Surface, we leave the solar system and boldly go into outer space to hear ticking pulsars, universal interference and the deep thumping bass of a black hole. Until then, from me, Lucy Green, and producer Michelle Martin, goodbye and goodwill to Earthlings everywhere. Thanks for listening. Find more interviews, features and documentaries at bbcworldservice.com slash space.